0: Shut
1: up, and sit down. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to the Fitness Devil Podcast. Uh, And today we've got a guest on who I met a few years ago, I'll tell you a little bit about that. It's Susan Niebergall. And uh, Susan is one half of the uh, Inner Circle, along with Jordan Syatt. You guys are co-coaches there. And um, you are a, well, you're a trainer, but an online coach, especially fat loss. And Mm -hmm. a lot of your brand stuff deals both both heavily with nutrition and with training. You've got a really, really successful Instagram account. So you've got massive following there. And I guess part of your story, and I'll let you sort of dive into this one a little bit is you got a late start on the fitness journey in life, didn't you?
0: Yeah, you know, um, first of all, thanks guys for having me here. I'm super excited because I listen to you guys all the time. So this oh. is great. Um, I did from the serious standpoint, like I, I, I'm writing a book right now and I, I, am, I wrote about like when I first started in a gym, which was back in the late 80s or early 90s with classes and things and worked with trainers on and off for 30 years. So I've actually been in the gym and lifting, but I never had it all put together for me until maybe five years ago. So yeah, from that perspective, absolutely later in life. I was the person that lost 50 pounds on Jenny Craig when it first came out. And of course, you know, then the yo-yo train started because you don't know how to survive. If someone doesn't tell you eat this, This you don't know what to do, you know? so the yo-yo train for 30 plus, 40 years, whatever, kept going. And there were times where I could lose the weight and then times where I gained some of it back and then lose some and gain. And I mean, just on and on and on and on and on until like five years ago um, when I first I hired Jordan as my online coach. Um, and when I think I met you, Andrew, I, at that summit, was that the one he was at?
1: No, it was the 2017 one. So it was okay. the first, first of three in a row that I attended. And this past year's one, unfortunately, was canceled due to okay. the world losing its shit.
0: I think so, the year so. before that is when I started with him as my online coach. I thought oh. I wanted a power lift. Um, so that's hmm. why I went right to him. I thought that's what I, I really wanted to do. And um, I didn't go to him for nutrition because I really thought at that point I had started to figure it out. You know, I knew what I was supposed to do. Um, and I just didn't really do it until I started reading all of his stuff and following him and joined the inner circle as a member early on and started implementing all this stuff just kind of on my own while he was still writing my programming and doing all that. And then everything just changed. I mean, it, it, it's, it's crazy. And I, and I think my whole message right now to people is, especially to the middle age crowd, that um, so many of us think that it's just too late to change. Like this is it menopause, whatever it's kicking my ass. Um, this is as good as it's going to get. And I'm just here to say, no, that's not as good as it has to get. You can totally change it. Um, it's not easy, but you can certainly do you want.
2: Well, it's crazy you say that, like that whole story, like not that it's all our clients, but a lot of the clients that strong you are like between 35-ish and 50-year-old females. And like their intro story is basically like, yeah, like I've, I've seen Jenny Craig and it this, and like it, none of it works or it did work and then it didn't work. I just need to learn something. But it's, it's, it's cool kind of when you teach like certain foundational stuff, which you would have picked up in the inner circle because then it's like, oh, your whole world just opens up. Like, oh, it actually wasn't that crazy.
0: Yeah, it, it, it seemed like I couldn't change anything for so many years. And for me, I thought I was doing everything right. It's like, why isn't this coming together? And you know, the other small piece of this is through all of these years, you know, the trainers in the gym that I worked with, I mean, they all brought something different to the table, but none of them focused on nutrition. So that was always the missing piece. Mm-hmm. I think nowadays, it's different. Um, I think there's more emphasis on nutrition from trainers in the gym, at least in the gym that I belong to. I see that. But when I was going through with trainers, not so much.
1: I was going to say uh, earlier in my career, I can't remember if it was about, it feels like about seven years ago or so. I've been doing this almost a decade uh, and I've been following Precision Nutrition. And so I signed up for their certification a bit before it was a really, really common, popular thing to do. And, And I liked it because I thought, you know, I didn't want to be a nutritionist coach, but I wanted to have a stronger foundation in nutrition to be able to add that as part of the, the training experience. And I also, a lot of my start too, is I used to watch uh, Lane Norton's old video log videos and there was a lot of really good nutritional stuff in there and I got onto Sohee Lee
0: mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it
1: sort of spiraled into some of the other better, or, you know, some of the best people in the industry. And I think that's something that a lot of trainers figure out along the way. I think it's more and more common now and I think it's such an important thing. You I think it, it is John Berardi who has said things along these lines that, you know, personal training just by itself uh, just isn't going to be enough anymore, you know, fitness you're going to become. I believe he said the term concierge mm. to a lot of different things uh, that, you know, our clients need. I routinely discuss sleep and sleep habits. I've written an article on sleep, you know, deeply researched that just so I really knew what I was talking about. So that's a conversation we have all the time. We certainly need to know supplementation and like not too much of it. Trainers pushing supplements, I think is, is yeah. a stupid thing. Uh, we, and we we need we have to know a lot of nutrition stuff here. Yeah. Well, I'm not even going to get into that. That was
2: Andrew's that. intro to like, he has the supplement. Like those No, no, are- I, uh,
1: forget the MLM stuff. Right? Okay. It, it, I don't even go there anymore. It's too low-hanging fruit. Before I forget, I also want to say this to you guys. As long as you're not driving a car, I actually want you to pause this for a second. And I want you to go to Susan's Instagram and go to her. Actually, shoot, because this isn't live. I was going to say, go to your story. But um, today on your story, you were oh. doing chin-ups yeah. or reps with like, I was three reps at 30 pounds yeah. strapped to you, yeah. which is ridiculous. Yeah but you are easily one of the most shredded people guests we've had on the podcast okay it says we've had a lot of like fit people exactly. on here and some of them have had like, these moments like we're talking about jordan and jordan is always showing off where he is where you are way more ripped than jordan right now
2: <laughs> i think you're more ripped than like jordan won't he will admit that like you're more you don't totally well, i mean he would
0: he would say something nice like that yeah <laughs> uh, you know what's interesting about that is um i i you know, through quarantine in, in my area is just now we're in like phase two. So the gyms are now just starting to sure. open. But during this whole time, I I struggled. I mean, I have a home I have a little mini thing back behind me. So I had I never lost a beat with a workout, I could still do my normal workout. And Jordan still programs all my stuff. So I never missed a beat, which was great. But I knew I'm not a workout at home kind of girl. So I, I had to give myself daily things that I had to accomplish workout wise or some kind of goal, um, while I'm in quarantine or I would lose my mind probably. And chin-ups were one of them. I could do chin-ups before, but what I was finding is, um, I had, I have recently finished a six month muscle building phase and I put on about a pound a month, which is, was my goal. So I'm five to six pounds up from where I was many months ago. And chin-ups were heavy. They felt really, just regular chin-ups felt heavy. I'm like, it didn't really dawn on me, yeah, Susan, you weigh more. Of course they're going to feel different. And I'm like, well, the hell with that. I don't want them to feel like this. And I didn't want to go, I wouldn't. I didn't want to do a cut. I mean, I like where I am. I don't want to do a cut. So I decided, okay, I'm just going to rebuild my chin-up. So I gave myself a daily chin-up goal. I started in quarantine with like six reps a day, just regular chin-ups, six reps a day. I did that for a week. And then I did seven reps a day for the next week, the next week, eight, nine, 10, all the way up to, I did 12 reps a day for a week. I'd never done that. So what was interesting to watch with this and, and kind of document is what consistent practice will do. Um, because I went from chin ups, three of them feeling heavy, like lead to now, you know, ripping off 12. And then my goal was, okay, so I'll get 12, then I'm going to dial the reps back put on some weight. Cause I really want to do a 45 pound weighted chin up. That's the ultimate goal. So I'm like crushing away day, one day at a time. i um, this week. It's 30 pounds all week. Um, I could only get two reps the first two days. I got three today. I don't know what I'll get tomorrow, you know, but I'm just working on that next week. It'll be 35 pounds. I'm going to, I'm slowly working my way. I bet you that can hit little goal has driven me and kept me sane. You know, it kept yeah. me productive during quarantine. It was a non-negotiable. I had to go out and do my chin ups out here, outside my room here, um, at 10 o'clock at night one time. Cause I forgot, I said, no way I'm doing them. I said I was going to do it. I'm gonna do it.
1: It speaks to something to, um, it, I think anyone listening who coaches people or from their own experience, there are people, I have friends, uh, I did a deadlifting session with a good buddy of mine and he needs in order to stay very consistent. A goal. He needs a competition to do something in powerlifting, or he's been on physique stages before. Whereas I'm the very other end of the spectrum, where I've never competed in anything, uh, shy of like high school sports. So I just do my routine daily because I find it very intrinsic. And I think there are other people that can need. Sounds like you sort of combinations where you do it consistently if you're in your normal environment, like your gym, because you love it in your lifestyle. But you can supplement that in with with short term specific goals, like you just described the chin ups.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, you know, chin-ups are one of those things for me. I, I could never do them my whole life until maybe four years ago. And, um, it was one of those, you know, the flex arm hang test in school. I could never do that ever. Um, and it was one of those, I think women chase that because I think that is just a hard exercise for us to do. And it, I think so much of it's up here because I think a lot of women have the strength to do it, but it you're not ready up here yet. So I'm all about walking up to the bar grabbing it and attacking it i'm not about like oh god this is well, be it's so almost heavy, a myth you know? at this
2: point like systematically like over time especially like cause i would agree like that's like, a huge goal for like, even a lot of the women we deal with in our fitness program is just like sure. i just want to do a chin-up because essentially they've been told when gender issues were 10 times worse <laughs> like you can't do it and then now it's like it, it's like you can and it's like it's just we had megan Calway on her i think we had that same conversation but it seems like that's the goal like if there's one <laughs> And it's totally yeah. achievable. Which it it's it's almost like the women that I talk to, they think it's actually not. I'm like, no, no, like you're a perfect person. I should just send them that video. Like it's possible. I incredible. I fig- you
0: know I figure if I mean I'm 60 years old for crying out loud. If I can do them, then I mean I'm sorry. You know it's possible, but you can't just walk up to the bar once in a blue moon. Oh, let me see if I can do one. You know you can't test it. You gotta practice. And, and you want to be methodical about what you do, um, whether you use assist bands or, or however you approach it, some different variations, just work it differently, inverted rows, hollow holds, all of that, build up just overall strength. And don't just go up to the bar and see randomly and see if you can do it. Get to the bar regularly with a band or, you know, help and really, pr- I'm really big on keeping your body in, in a good position, learning how to engage your lats and your butt and your core and, you know, everything, because all of that's going to help. You know, your chin up. Ultimately, when
1: that's all the that, stuff.
2: Like,
0: oh, sorry,
1: you go. I was going to say that's all the stuff that Megan Calloway talks about and teaches. Like, and, and Megan is a god. Yeah. Oh, a she's goddess at this stuff. Yeah. And and also one of the most shredded people we've ever had on the podcast. Uh, it's there's something else she kept saying. To, a
2: competition right? here. You're like, you just hold. <laughs> <to> <laughs> well,
1: to yeah. Uh, doing things more consistently if it's important to you. Like, th- there's the cliche of. Uh, I'm struggling with my, my thought process today. I apologize, guys. It's kind of dreary out here outside the window.
2: I wanted to go down there anyways was, was the fact, like, when did it be, so, like, because you deal with a lot of people in your circle and stuff, and that's not necessarily natural to think, like, I need to do things systematically and logically and do all this stuff because it's almost like an unknown. When, when was that for you? Like, when did you kind of, I want to say, quote, unquote, figure it out, But and how have you kind of found to get other people there? Because I think once you get people there and they see the light, then like, oh, I just need to do this, this, and this every day, and it's habits and all this stuff. But most people don't come in thinking like that. Like that's a, its almost a skill in itself.
0: I think so, and it's something that takes practice too. Uh, it's not—it's not like you walk into a room and you turn the switch on and boom. You know, it's kind of there. I think it is. Um, and 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 I've had times where I've just been like, screw this. I, you know, what I've had that too. But the difference now is I don't let that stop me. I'll feel it, okay, because I'm a human being. Everything's not perfect all the time, and I don't feel up all the time or whatever, but I don't let that derail me and sit down on my ass for a week and a half instead of doing what I know I want to do. And I think just for me, it was surrounding myself with a coach, first and foremost, that got me, that understood me. Uh, And he caught onto my drive very early on when we first started working together. And I think that was... that. The sign of a good coach. I mean, he he understood where I was coming from and pushed me out of my comfort zone. I mean, there's so many stories when I first started working with him that are so funny because he took my training down from six days a week to four. And I thought I was going to lose my mind. And years. I <laughs> I told him he was insane. Um, and the first rest day, I'm like, what the hell do I do today? And he's like, You don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then I kept texting him and saying, No, I have to do something. And I'm sure. I didn't see him, but I'm sure he was rolling his eyes and saying, okay, Susan, you can go to the gym, go sit on a bike, but don't let your heart rate get over whatever it was. It was some low number. So I said, okay, great. I'm going to do that. And so I went to the gym and I did that. I'm like, oh my God, I am so miserable. <laughs> I said, I will never do that again. I At that point, I trusted him and the process. And, and coming down from six to four was the best thing that's ever happened to me. And so I, I think that kind of mentality, we, we bring that to the inner circle too. And chin-ups are a big thing in the inner circle. Like There are a lot of women in there, middle-aged women, who want to do them. And we have one, two, three chin-up programs in there. Um, one manual, which he and I did a lot of videos for progressing it from a hollow body hold and then go to inverted rows and then some other... W- things that you can do and then how to incorporate bands and how to use them properly and just kind of step by step and i think people latch on to that and the group is so motivating they motivate each other so much that i think that just carries on and that helps drive people it's it's definitely not easy and and i think one of the big conversations i have with people every day now is i know what to do but i'm just not doing it you know and at some point i told this woman not even 30 minutes ago At some point, she says, it's so hard. And I said, no kidding. (laughs) This is hard. But now you have a choice. You either keep saying it's hard and you just stay right in where you are and spin your wheels and let that be your justification for staying there. Or you get up and you do it anyway. The choice is there. And you have to make it. You know, there's no, like, I can't throw magic dust on you. And say, It's
2: cool. It's cool either way. Like, I think we had, uh, was it, uh, uh... who do we have on? Anyways, long story short is, um, where am I? Man, now I'm losing my train of thought. Um, You've got to let them make the choice because essentially like, you can be indifferent about it and be like, oh, the choice is yours. I don't have any skin in the game. And they almost like by backing off, they're like, well, maybe it is important to me as opposed to if you just told them to do that. Yeah. Like, it, they may do that, but it's, it, that's, that's a gift that won't keep giving. Like you can't keep doing the work for people. And that, it's interesting that you go there because essentially your social proof in yourself but you also don't have to be the one making the decision.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't, I don't, um, I get more comments on how people like that. I am no fuss, no muss. So I don't sugarcoat things (laughs) and they appreciate that. Um, most people appreciate that. Most people need the nudge or the push. And, and this woman today, as a matter of fact, just said, that was the kick in the ass, said, I I need to hear this. This is my kick in the ass. I said, that's what it's supposed to be. You know I mean? And it's reality. You can say that this is hard and still not do it. That's cool. If that's where you are, stay there. Yeah. But if you're frustrated, don't complain about being frustrated then because you've made a choice to stay where you are. Um, when you're ready, then you, then you get up and you start doing what you need to do. Well,
2: it's because no one wants to make the wrong choice. Like, I think if you empower people, sorry, Andrew, It was just like, I don't think inadvert- I, I don't think people go into the situation wanting to make the bad choice or like the right. one that's gonna slow them down. But if they also don't know the options, like you kind of got to present them and then you can do whatever you want.
0: You <laughs> know, it's gonna... interesting you you say slow down the process because that's a huge issue because people are afraid of, quote, wasting time. And it's like, wasting time? There's I don't view any of that as wasting time. I mean, you, you take something on and it doesn't work or you didn't do something correct. That's not a waste of time. That's how you learn, you know, and that's how you get better. So I'm kind of like... Why? Why is there a rush anyway? There, there is no rush. Like, you know, the, you don't get a prize for finishing first or getting that chin up. My forty-five pound chin up. I've been after this forever. There's, I know I'm going to get it, but I don't care when that is. I could give a crap. I know, could I could put a forty-five pound on right now and do one? I'll bet I could. I bet I could do one, but I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to work it. Just like I've been different.
2: I I would crush myself into the ground, do it. It would be the wrong thing. And I know that. So I need a coach to tell me not to do it. Like, just trust
0: me. The temptation is there.
2: (laughs) Exactly. You've got a coach who tells you to slow it down.
1: There is something to being smart about how you do this. And this goes back to what I was going to say earlier. You, Oh my God, Andrew can't think today. Shit. Uh, if you want to accomplish something within a certain amount of time, if you have that like, hey, I, you save your family within a month, but you have to squat 500 pounds, you're not going to squat once a week. There's the cliche that you always hear. So, but you also have to very, you know, you haven't. okay. Well,
2: that's really dark. But <laughs> if,
1: if anyone has ever heard that, just message me and let me know or comment on our, our social media. But yeah, there's this cliche to say, if you need to, let's say you can only squat 300 pounds. And you need to squat 500 pounds once, or in 30 days, someone will kill your family. You're right. More terrifying shit. But as an example, what are you going to do? Are you going to go squat once a week as part of a body press? But fuck no, you're right. not. You're going to squat no. probably every day. Now, then comes in the other side of this. You also have to be really smart about your volume and your planning and stuff too. And what you described, there's a volume maintenance there. I actually made a mistake a while back, and I'm still paying for it, where I was doing two months. Chin up volume on a daily basis, and there was a, probably a dysfunction in my shoulder where I was lacking internal, uh ex- external rotation, and so uh, mm-hmm. that over time, two, you know, I have a, an ongoing uh, shoulder issue with my left shoulder that's been limiting some of my training ability. And on a good day, I can do neutral grip chin ups. I can no longer do wide grip pull ups. I can no longer uh, dumbbell press with. Uh, Dumbbells out at my sides flared out because I, I lack that range of motion there now. Yeah. And so I'm trying to rehab and work on it. But uh, it I has- can relate
0: to that. I, I, I had a shoulder scope on my right many years ago and an impingement that led to a rotator tear on my left. And I canceled my surgery about three days before because I felt like, gosh, I still have some decent movement. I want to give this a shot myself. So I have a great movement doc here between him and Jordan. I've rebuilt both, and and the interesting thing about that—that's why you'll never see me do pull-ups. I, I, it's not worth it to me to try to do a pull-up with my shoulders having the history that they have. They're in the best shape I've, I've, I've ever had them in, and I want to keep that going. So pull-ups aren't worth it to me because that's so much harder on the shoulders. You know, there, there are some things that won't ever work for me. I. I am just now rebuilding my squat because I couldn't get back here with weight. You know, I was front loading everything for. I'll never do a
2: back squat again. I have that transformer bar, like the big back squat. I've been using a safety squat bar myself. Yeah. Back
0: squat's probably the most
2: out of everything. Because, like, honestly, most people who power lift don't have the internal rotation to do that. And then they're doing internal rotation on bench. They're doing it on every fucking shoulder exercise they're doing. And then they're doing it on their squat. It's like you, anyway, that's another rat. but this is something.
0: I I literally just am able to bench press again, like maybe within the last five, six months I've been doing pretty regularly, but I've built it back from literally the bar. Um, And I'm like at a hundred pounds right now. And again, it's slow. I have no desire to put more weight on the bar until I can clear that really, really with confidence and, and it feels really good or whatever. So it's it's, it's made things fun, to be perfectly honest, without the pressure of I should be lifting more weight. I'm stronger than this. I should be able to do this. I should be, I should be, I should be. There's no more of that. It's just like, let's see what I, you know. Let's see what this There's a conundrum there do. though.
2: It's kind of like that whole idea of like, because I, I struggled with that too. Like I was an ex-powerlifter. Like, can you want to do these things? But I think yeah. social media becomes like an, an inadvertent metaphor for that. It's like, because when people are getting their information, like, well, this this dude or this girl is doing this. Yep. I need to do that, that, that. Yep. It's like, they don't see what it take, took to get there. And they don't see a lot of times the injuries. Like you're not on there going like, oh, I don't do this because my shoulder hurts every time. And Andrew's not there. But like, I don't do half the exercise that fucks my shoulder up. Because that's just not... Sexy, So, like, that doesn't get presented enough. Not that it should, but it's, like, if I'm an outsider looking in, it's, like, it's hard well, to for, get that and, perspective.
0: For sure. Absolutely. And for me, you know, so I'm in this industry, and most everyone in, that I'm around and that I've met and, and everything could be my kids. <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, I am the mom. And there, I don't have a contemporary that I've met in, my, in the 60s. I, th- there are a lot of people in their forties.
1: Lou Shuler. Lou we Shuler. Love, yeah, love, yeah, I've met,
0: yeah, Lou. Is Lou. Not
2: doing chin ups with thirty Lou, pounds. Lou is <laughs> like,
1: we we tease Lou because Lou is like around the, you know, there's all this. I'm not gonna go social political stuff, but they talk about the Confederate flags. Whatever. Lou was around back then. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. No, Lou, is, Lou is a student of history. And we love to tease Lou. They're
2: fitness back. history expert.
0: But you yeah. know, I, I think that I see all of you young guys and, and girls doing all this great stuff. I'm like, God, I would love to do that. You know, the temptation is to try and to do, and like, Susan, you know what? If you want to keep doing this forever, then you got to be smart about this. And so, there, you know, age is just a number. I get that. But there are also limitations, and you have to understand what those are. And I think at some point, you you decide this exercise just not worth it. I will do this other one instead and then crush that.
2: Get people there, do- though? Like, that's actually, like, that's a great message because you have all young people lifting weights. Andrew and I are, like, I'm probably more fucked up than Andrew, but there's a lot of people – in their 30s, it, this graveyard of lifting that were inspired by this bodybuilding and powerlifting culture, the sport lifting culture, they're all fucked up now because we're all in our 30s and we're yeah. all just realizing what you realize that probably whatever, 55. And so yeah. it's, still, it's still, I wish people would learn that earlier. They can be intense. Yeah. Maybe if that hurts, don't do it because you saw yeah. it on Instagram.
1: <laughs> Two things. Uh, one is, Susan, that sounds ridiculous given the fact that we were talking about. You doing weighted chin-ups? So <laughs> again, people need to go and see this kind of crap for themselves. And then it sounds ludicrous. Two into uh, what Dean was saying, and I know uh, our friend Jay Ashman recently posted about this and modifications he's made to his training. He's just a couple years older than me, and he's been beaten up playing rugby and, and various other
2: uh, power lifted and you know, multiply like even, yeah, power lifting.
1: In, your body does get beaten up and I'm, I've learned this the last few years. It's really sort of caught up to me the last couple of years. The shoulder's definitely been the big thing, but I realize I can't do all the things that I learned in bodybuilding culture at a younger age mm. and I'm no longer just bulletproof. And so, yeah, I've had to modify a lot of the choices within my programming. I've shifted to using a safety squat bar. I've, I love the Hatfield uh, split squat, rear foot elevated split squat with a, a safety squat bar because my right knee feels great on it. Whereas it doesn't always feel good doing everything else. Mm. I love low bar squatting. My knees feel good, but the low bar tears up my left shoulder. So that's not all. I can't always do that anymore. I used to love pull-ups and again, uh, military dumbbell pressing, those two things, they don't happen with the shoulder anymore. So I have to go narrow grip, and I've had, I, I never was a big bench press fan anyway. Bench press is out right now too. I yeah. can do tons of rows,
0: Yep. but yep. I've
1: had to make a ton of modifications mm-hmm. to how I train to preserve the integrity of training the muscles. Mm-hmm. And you start realizing as you, and, and this is good for any coach, and certainly for anybody who is a fitness enthusiast, there's not just one way to do it. This is one exercise isn't essential. It's not all or nothing. You have to have it in or, or fuck it, go home, and it's not worth doing. If something hurts and something's causing you problems, it's generally not worth it to begin with. And there are almost always ways we can modify these things to be able to still train those muscle groups, train that movement pattern.
0: You know, when, when I was going through, when my shoulder was at its worst, um, I was getting it treated. I had dry needling with, with my movement doc and he gave me a crap ton of exercises and Jordan was programming for me and they both never having spoken, at least at the beginning, they didn't speak after a while they did, but, um, they both gave me the same message, and that was get to the gym, and find what you can do. Um, not one time did anyone say let it rest. No, don't. And and my doc especially was saying he didn't want me to let my shoulder joint rest because when you start doing that, it, because you think your rotator needs to rest or whatever, you let the joint rest. Now you've got a double problem. You know, you you've made the problem even worse. And that doesn't mean do crazy shit at the gym and it hurts it means go to the gym and find movements that you can do that you can really put some weight on and load and progress on and all that. And for me, it was a lot of horizontal pulling that, that felt really good. Right. Um, and I really did, I did a lot with horizontal pulling for a couple of years. I couldn't do chin ups for about three months. And then I started being able to work my way back into those, um, little by little, but I think it's, When we get injured, we start thinking of all the things that we can't do. And I tell everyone, you got to flip that. You got to start thinking of all the things you can do. Go to the gym and find out. You know, if you have sharp pain, stop. (laughs) Don't do that.
1: There's a couple of um, things to add to that. And you danced around it. Is one is when you stop doing things, we think, oh, rest heals everything. Rest is how muscles atrophy. So uh, Sam Spinelli's done a really good job. This is a physical therapist friend of ours he's been on here it's sort of like there's a u-curve where too much stress on hmm. tissue is bad but not enough stress to cause remodeling or or positive changes is also bad it's a sweet spot in the middle and when it comes to physically rehabbing something that sweet spot isn't necessarily very much load. too and this is from mike boyle's um uh, what is it uh, functional training book that the classic i'm actually reading it right now so it's really relevant but oftentimes, if there's an injury or injured tissue, it's another tissue that's a problem. Um, a synergist is weaker or something else is in the chain, up or down the chain, some of Gray great cook stuff on joint-by-joint joint approach. And you've got to look at, okay, well, where's the weakness? And the last thing you want to do is just ignore whatever's weak because if you don't address that, you're not going to take care of the underlying problem. You rest 100%. it, pain goes away. You come back, you start doing the same thing again. Weak synergist or, or, or weak link in the chain isn't getting stronger and that, re- that injury is going to reappear.
0: Yeah. For me, it was shoulder stability. Um, and, and uh, you know, the internal rotation from being at a desk, from getting older, that happens as we, as we naturally age. Anyway, we start doing this um so between the two that ended up being my my big issue but um you you sound a lot, a lot a lot like my doc he was he basically would take me through different um exercises and different things for me to do to figure that piece out and we came out with shoulder stability was a big issue i couldn't barbell overhead press i can now bar i am now back to that as well um because of that but that took years Pe- people seem to think a few months no it took years for well, me it, to be able to rebuild yeah. this well
2: and that's interesting because like, like we just had muscle doc um Swallow on our podcast on the, on the other one anyways he's big on like just programming issues in total and like you're talking about people sitting down having internal rotation deficits and all that stuff then in their programming everything just kind of forcing that one pattern yeah and so instead of actually strengthening the shoulder they're just strengthening the compensation
0: yeah you grinding and it like through that it, till yeah. it hurts yeah. And then
2: it's like, oh, we can't do that. But then to fix it, you've got to literally back off and start putting in the other way. And it's just that's a hard road to get to if you don't have the right people with you. Because like having that understanding took years for people to mm-hmm. kind of figure out all these things. And if you're just a someone in the inner circle who just joined, like you're hoping that you guys know that, but they don't know. They didn't even know they had that problem until they joined in with you guys. Yeah. I'll
1: put put another way. uh, And again, it's another thing that I just sort of picked up right from Boyle's. So it's like this stuff's fresh in my mind. And he talks about, you know, teaching people how to move with body weight because if someone can't move with body weight and there's, and I don't like the word, and he uses it, but in the context, dysfunction. So there is, if there's dysfunction in how someone moves anyway, then you load dysfunction
0: you're right, <laughs> and you're, right, you're, and right. And over
1: time, loading that dysfunction instead of cleaning up the movement pattern is almost certainly going to lead to injury. You, the,
2: oh, sorry.
1: I was going to say, when you're dealing with athletes, you know, athletes learn how to compensate. They, they have all kinds of dysfunctional shit with them, and they're powerful, and they're, they're just naturally explosive. So if they have these dysfunctions, and then they play at, you know, 100% capacity and train at 100% capacity through these dysfunctions, well, sooner or later, shit's going to break.
2: In his yeah. lens, he gets a knock for like training too late or not doing all the stuff that you kind of see like the rah-rah football stuff, but he's had a lot of success just because he doesn't fuck people up. Like he gets kids exactly. early and he does, he, he basically just doesn't get those conversations or he doesn't train on things that they're already in. And it looks a lot less like intense than some other stuff is, but he's basically just taking care of the athlete. So that think I mean athlete, because I think strength coaches think that they have a bigger impact on these athletes than they really do. Like your job is just not to really fuck them up. He gets a lot of he hockey players and a lot of it, he's had huge success with them based on these functional, dysfunctional stuff, but it's, it, it works. Like it, that's why he's well, loyal. Look
1: at, look at anybody in a gym setting. Anyway, the thing that will cost you the most progress is not, you know, whether or not you did the right exercise. It is not, you know, if you get your nutrition right, it's going to be first for serious, consistent lifters is time lost to injury. That is the thing that's going to set you back the most. And so if you don't approach this fundamentally from an injury uh, you know, try, trying to lessen the incidence of injury as much as you can, then okay, you can you can be balls to the wall with your training. I mean, look at most powerlifters, right? It's a fantasy to think that you can have a long career in powerlifting without right. dealing with injuries. That's that yeah. pure fiction. Yeah. So, and that's the that's something that they accept about their sport. But you look at a you know a hockey player if it boils, people or, or look at Christy Sports Performance and, and baseball pitchers. Okay, you get a pitcher who. Performs really, really well. Is really durable. Has a long career. Great. You get some kid who's an absolute flamethrower at 17 years of age, but he's got Tommy John by 18, and you know maybe you know 25 years old. He's having his second Tommy John surgery in Major League Baseball. But where do you go from there? Right?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and collecting a million dollars a year and
1: he, he better have signed a pretty good contract. <laughs>
0: early know, in his career. All those, all those principles just hold true, even for the, the average schmo in the gym that mm-hmm. get, you know, that gets injured. And I think, um, just so many things that you said are so, so true. And it, I just tell people that you have to stop focusing. Oh, you can't do this. You can't do this. You got to go find what you can do. Cause I think that the mind, you got to get over the mindset shift of that too. Um, because that will get in your way because you will not start listening to yourself. You're going to test drive things you shouldn't be doing and things like that. You, you won't be smart. Whereas if you focus on what you can do um, and keep doing those and get stronger with those and get better with those, that's going to do nothing but help you. And you know, when I was going through it, two, two things that I do daily uh, now, even when I, he started me back then, well, I do band pull-up parts every single day. Um, and during quarantine, I did 300 a day, just because that was another one of those things that I quarantine things that I had to do. And then uh, wall slides, I do those all the time. Um, th- those are my go-to kind. Of, I do those as my warm-up on leg day, and, and P, a lot of people don't get that, but it helps. Like if I'm squatting that day, I sure, certainly need to warm up my shoulders really, really well. Or even if I'm deadlifting that day, I still need to warm up my shoulder. I mean, my shoulders are just – because I have have had so many problems with them over the years, and they're in such a good place now, they are my priority. I really focus on health for that and not being stupid and and just focusing on all the things that I can still do.
1: Shoulders are – always gonna be the most troublesome joint for most people. Yeah, Um, yeah. There's several reasons. One is people love to press and do all these sort of things that tend to cause some shit anyway. Our natural, you said earlier, desk posture tends to cause some issues. We end up with shoulder mobility issues because we end up with scapular problems. We have weak, uh, weak, poor thoracic mobility, poor scapular movement in control. So band pull-aparts are a good example of something that works on that. So that's a place where people should be paying a lot of attention. Uh, and again, like I said, I am dealing with a shoulder issue after feeling for years that I was really bulletproof. Yeah, and and I'm going to figure some stuff out and I'll work through it. And I've got sure. some great physiotherapists around me, and I can't stress enough: like have have a really brilliant physio physical therapist somewhere in your in your universe mm. to rely upon if if injuries start creeping up on you. Don't just like hit the couch. And that's that's I love putting it this way. You know, if you're hurt and or something's going wrong in the world or whatever, and, and honestly, this is a little controversial, but even in the in the sense of kind of COVID, right? You know, isolating yourself entirely at home and doing nothing, well, yeah, there are risks involved with being out in the world. And I'm not saying going licking doorknobs in the case of COVID. <laughs> yeah. But if you stay home and isolate yourself and living in total fear, if you're afraid to go to the gym and get hurt, I can promise you you will degenerate fairly mm-hmm. rapidly. At home, due to the social isolation, due to the lack of good stress on your system, and you're guaranteed a adverse outcome and a poor quality of life by doing that.
0: Right. One hundred percent. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and during quarantine, I will say, you know, I I found myself at one point it's like shit. I haven't left my house in three days. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I am not going to start falling back into that. I mean, I was still active because I still have all my stuff to work out and that kind of thing. But I started feeling like being a homebody and not leaving my house was becoming normal for me. And it's like, Mm-mm, that's not healthy. That's not good. So I totally get that. Um, total awareness. I, I had to be aware of that because I was easily sinking into that. Um,
2: I think people are getting aware too, like weirdly, they're getting forced to being aware of the things like this isn't actually a new thing because people are pretty isolated without COVID. Like they're in their offices and all this stuff. And Now you hear a lot of stories of people appreciating walks and stuff. Like I see more people on walks in the town I'm from than I've ever seen even pre-COVID because now there's a situation for like, hey, this is what life is like when you're actually isolated and you have nothing to do but think about it, where there's still (laughs) isolation happening pre-COVID. It just didn't look like being inside your house.
1: Well it's it's all the people who just chose to stay at home and not do much and play video games all this sort of stuff. And that choice was taken away from it. But all of a sudden it's like wait a second, like I prefer to be home but do nothing, but I'm pissed off because that choice is no longer mine, right? <laughs> yes. Let's 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 that's true. Let's let's pivot this a little bit because I, I totally wanted to you know see, you know, how the success on the professional side has grown because obviously you started out as a coach, as a Jordan, as your coach, but mm-hmm. out of all of this, I mean, you're the person he chose to develop mm-hmm. this bigger vehicle that, that helps a lot of people. We, we know Jordan is, is a prolific content creator. He's an amazing human being. You know, I, I've had some, you know, personal chats with him recently and, you know, I he's encouraging me to ask him for some ideas and some, some, some support on some things. So he's probably my I think maybe my favorite resource when it comes to building an online brand and mm-hmm. how I engage with a lot of my online stuff and mm-hmm. how I structure some of my that aspect of my career. So the question is, kind of how did that all come to be, and uh, and where do you want to take it?
0: So um, you know, I started posting on Instagram. Gosh, I don't know, three four years ago. I don't know how long it's been. Um, I took a snapshot. Once uh, I came up on my photos and I just happened, I'm so glad I took this snapshot because it had my Instagram homepage with 371 followers, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, it was like in 2017, I think it was. And um, one, another thing that I'm doing with Jordan is I I am an assistant coach in his online fitness business mentorship with him and Mike. Mm -hmm. Um, And I posted that in the group to show them that this is where I was three, not last week or a year ago, three years ago. And since then I have posted every single day on Instagram, sometimes twice a day. I tried an experiment with three times and I thought I will just, just my head will explode. So no, um, twice a day, mostly and once a day kind of now, and it is just digging in, digging in and digging in and still creating content that will help people. That's the driving force. And and one thing I, I will say for me, I am, because I'm my age, I've had a career. I was a school teacher and a school counselor for 33 years. I have retirement. So I don't have to worry about making money doing this. Mm-hmm. This is not why I do it, which is a great advantage for me. I don't have to worry about that and, and the economy and this and that and the other. Um, there's not many advantages of being my age, but that's probably the <laughs> lead one. I think I like it really, that. is.
1: Honest.
0: it really is, but, it, but, from Jordan coached my business early on as well. And so I had a really significant online one-on-one coaching business. And then um, I took kind of a, just a role in the inner circle early on when I was a member. And he and I just started talking about um, our goals align our ethics align we he and I just click. Um, on all levels. And so he brought me on officially. Um, and so when my role with the inner circle became, it's really full time is what I do. Um, I have, I, I headed, I kind of cut off my one-on-one. So I only have a very small handful of one-on-one clients. Now my, my business is really, uh, the inner circle. Um, and it's just been, it's been a great partnership on paper. It looks absolutely ridiculous you know because of the age difference it's like how in the hell is that even going to be you know something viable but we think it's the most unique and probably one of the better partnerships there is we just really think there is
1: there's something about it that you're automatically going to be relatable to that you're talking about the the demographic you guys had yeah. earlier you're going yeah. to be relatable to what you've been where they are Right? Yeah, you're more like a lot of these people, and, and Jordan is one of the most amazing people in the industry. He's still this young little yeah. guy,
0: yeah. right? Yeah, he is. It's Still <laughs> so
2: relatable though. Like I was talking about our demographics. Like I'm definitely not as relatable. Like I'm a meathead who lifts, and I'm telling 45 year old. We, we use um, Jordan's Karen, and she's like, "Yeah, well, what does this dude know about having kids and do all this stuff." And like, there is some battle with that. And I think that like, you, you basically just sidestep that, mm-hmm. and you're like. I'm 60 and I'm strong and I did all this stuff like you can basically say like shut the fuck up <laughs> like I you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah and I have <laughs> you could say that without even saying it though because they're like oh yeah. they can bitch to me because I don't understand what are they gonna say to you yeah. like you don't understand You're like yeah yeah I do <laughs> you know I've got this funny thought I don't I, I haven't echoed
1: this anywhere I mean and I, I made fun of a few like bad stereotypes, people who didn't want gyms to reopen because they do make other dis, just disgusting, stupid shit anyway. But this whole like Karen business, first of all, you'll never hear me disparage anyone with uh, the reference Karen. And there's two reasons. First of all, my mom's name is Karen. Mm. So that's automatically where I go. And my mother is one of the sweetest, kindest, person. she is the anti-Karen Karen. stereotype. Yeah. This is someone who would never complain about a thing in any sort of situation. She's an angel my dad's name is Conan so that's also super cool
2: and yeah, the, second cool. Thing,
1: the second thing about this is if you make a really big effort to disparage people systemically as part of your brand well you know at a certain point someone with the stereotypical Karen haircut who happens to be a really good person Karen haircut it's What's I don't that, even know. I've like, never what's heard that, that part. What's that uh, Kate, like the the couple that had the eight kids? Uh, Kate, well, uh, yeah, John, John, uh, Kate, Kate plus well, eight. Kate, well, yeah. John and Kate plus eight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she, so she's, she's kind of that stereotype that, you know, I want to speak to the manager haircut, right? But, what? But again, like, okay, Jean, I'm learning definitely today. No, i Like, yeah. this is good. I but even, even still at. with that, like, you know, let's say someone has that haircut or <laughs> they're just someone who, like, wants good restaurant service and, if you just relent or her name is Karen, God forbid, you know, and you relentlessly are disparaging in how you say this sort of stuff, well, it kind of says a message about how you are. And so I'm a little mm-hmm. bit wary of people who tend to have a lot of disparaging aspects to their message, even if this is someone who, let's say it's some sort of social issue, is very soundly on the moral high ground. But mm-hmm. it, let's, let's still say they hurl around a lot of shame, a lot of judgmental so, stuff.
2: Is it, would it be inappropriate? I mean, okay, whatever. I don't, I, I get that. And I'm not criticizing there's, you, no, you for it, but an I make Instagram it a account. So there's like this Insta memes account, like big, I think he has like millions of followers, like way more than you two in Jordan. But he started one called Karen Unhinged. It's it's it's, it's crazy. But well, he basically posts like, it's user things of videos of Karen. And I'm just learning all these Karens there didn't even know they existed. And it's like, like, it's, it's kind of a movement. So, I know you're saying don't do it, but it's like it's, it's actually well, taking off.
1: You know what? There's entertaining stuff too. Like, for example, I've got a client who loves videos of just ridiculous shit. So, there's a belligerent woman being really disagree. You know, belligerent older white woman who's being really difficult with a police officer who's trying to give her a ticket. Oh, and what? so, she just is not cooperating and she's being an idiot. It's Karen on Ninja. That's on it. It's definitely <laughs> out there. So, this woman pretty much. And as far as I'm concerned, probably deserved everything she got. So she drove off, you know, without like <laughs> taking this ticket. So he has to chase her down, lights blazing. So he's trying to arrest her, get her out of the vehicle. She's fighting every step She's like, of the way. I'm not
2: go and, and get she
1: this and she this. ends up getting tased.
0: Oh and my. You know,
1: and when you watch this, and and oh. Oh, I, mean, I got to be very careful about the like, language, no, she deserves, she did, brutality. I, I don't care you're but you're this not. woman did everything in the universe to get her ass tased. Yeah, for sure. And okay, it's it's cool to laugh at stuff like that. I mean, that's that's sort of a complex social issue, totally right okay. too. She tried to kick him. Um, I like, think that's definitely me?
2: it. He's like, you tried to kick me. I told you I'm going to tase you. And then you tried to kick me. And then he tased her. And then she's like, well, I just didn't. What did she she said something at the end was just like, well, fuck you. I didn't like what you're doing. So, yeah, I tried to kick you. I I'm not like,
1: sure. I, no, actually, I don't even think it's the same video. I think it's a different video. But let's let's oh, take that saying. off the, the some of the really, like, tread lightly sort of social ground here because there's a, a greater subtext to it and bring it back to the message that you send with your social media and you know something i love about you susan and jordan as well is is you guys have a consistently positive message you stay very on point with brand you guys don't wander into uh you know you never touch things that are political or mm-hmm. or, or, or social issues you just stay the the hell away from that stuff and I know there is pressure for people now to be more vocal about that stuff. And, and that's, a, that's a complicated thing. And I, and I ultimately, I'll just say this. I think that when you engage in shame, I've been reading a Brene Brown book and I love Brene's work, and I think everybody should. Shame, think about how we treat shame when it comes to fat loss. It doesn't work. We know it doesn't work and it's not going to produce any sort of lasting results. Mm-hmm. So why is that going to be different to create any other positive social shame a change uh, to engage in shaming people especially people who you know may not be making a display of things on social media Jordan and I had a, had a conversation about this who are actually good people who when it is not convenient for them when it is uncomfortable and when it is not on the spotlight door to, to be displayed on social media would do the right thing okay yeah. and, and I've written about this a little bit on social media and I truly believe this you generally know what the morals and values and character of the people that you follow, that you're friends with, are, and and I know who would do what in various situations. I know who would, uh, you know, speak up if they heard something or talk about the issue of racism. Uh, I know that they would speak up if they're confronted with it. I have myself, you know, heard racist language in private settings, and I've gone to the point of near physical confrontation to make an example of it, and. You know, it, it pissed off people because I was, you know, disrupting the, the evening and then I sh- left her sh- there afterwards. And this was long before, you know, any of the social media stuff was happening. And so, you know, I don't care what anybody does with their social media right now. I, I care about who they are and what they would do when, you know, they were put in that position. When I, no I one's looking a, kind of no thing. one's looking, exactly. Yeah. And, and I actually do believe this. There is, not everybody, but there is a lot, a lot of companies out of fear of cancellation, or out of—I'm uh, sorry—narcissism and opportunism are very much inserting themselves into this too, because they cannot, for a second, handle
2: oh, politics. Yeah. No, you know what? I, th-
1: I think it's—I think it's valid. I think it's valid because it's—it's current. So, but I'm trying to be a little more thoughtful than to just jump on that—that that whole trend. I think a lot of these people cannot stand the idea of the spotlight being off of them for any length of time. That this is a socially acceptable and morally high grounded way to insert them back in and make it about themselves. Not well, to I don't say that's everybody.
2: Well, it's good for. But Susan basically alluded to that. Like, like basically, you start this thing because you didn't. You don't need the money. You're retired, so it's 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 actually kind of cool when you take that out of the equation. What actually happens is you get a big following and you kind of do good work. It's you, you know,
0: and, and it's just interesting because people. You know, I get a lot of DMs and I answer every single one. Literally every single one. Um, and people are surprised about that. And a lot of times I'll send them a video or a voice message, not because I hate typing on my phone. I hate it. I have fat fingers and <laughs> uh, it takes me for fricking ever. So I would rather, only just fat record- thing on you. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather record my voice or a video or something. it's so much easier to do it's so much easier to talk to somebody. Yeah, and I sure. hop on the phone and do consults all the time and people are surprised about that. But, but look, you know, um, that's kind of why I started doing this because just kind of want to help you out and let you know that you actually can do it. And here's, you know, we talk about strategies and I don't try to sell them anything. You know, a lot of them end up coming to the inner circle because they want to be in a community like we have. And and I, we, we think our community is completely unique in, in how they behave with each other and support each other. Um, We've never had to go in there and say, okay, guys, here are the rules, blah, blah, blah. We've never done that. It's just a culture and it's a welcoming culture. And I think that piece people can benefit from, you know, just from having, feeling like they're not alone. Like, oh my God, you're struggling with that. So am I. What have you been doing? I've been doing this, blah, blah, blah. Social growth you know,
2: is huge once you get the ball rolling. Like, yeah. For another example, Be Stronger You, Like, there's I think there's like over 20,000 people in there. And like we have another group for fitness and it's like less, there's like 500 people. But like the amount of interaction that happens when you hit critical mass at some point is insane because there's also social proof and then there's interaction. And then it's just like, at some point it hits that critical mass and you can, it kind of just exists as this community. It's kind of cool once you see it happen.
0: Yeah. Which is like and I what think probably is happening really- at this inner circle for sure. Yeah. yeah, Oh yeah. Yeah. You see, see that in your so. comments
2: too. Like they just kind of do this as opposed to if you only have one comment and like when you get the interaction, it's like a snowball effect.
0: Well, and I think that's part of what my growth has been about because I do try to interact as much as I can, Um, not just post and go, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to listen to what people have to say and try to respond and encourage and and do all that kind of stuff. And it's just coming from a genuine place in the heart. I mean, because that's just what I want to do. But for me, it's not so much I'm trying to get X number of followers that it's whatever for that. I you know when people start talking about the algorithm and I just go la 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 because <laughs> I I think it's like I don't even know what it is I don't care it, it, no intimidates, me. it intimidates me technology uh, intimidates me all the time and I just don't want to have anything to do with it I just want to be able to do what I what I do that's it
1: that's probably why you've had the success I think there's also an aspect of timing too because we've had Carter mm-hmm. go on a couple times and I met Carter the same time I met you and mm-hmm. you and Carter share that common thread where you guys started out with jordan at that same time and yeah, i and i'm I pretty know. sure you started doing the same sort of things that jordan told you to do he told carter to do he, he coached
0: then, my business yeah he did and then
1: jordan realized like he told us he's like shit this is working for carter i gotta do this too and of course he's blown up and carter you know blown up a, an enormously crazy following and, and there was a yeah. system to it you said yourself like, the posting you tried three times a day i know jordan created this challenge a long time ago 30 days or three times a day, and there's going to be embedded behaviors that work, but you guys also got in when the infographic thing blew up, when Sohealy and Spencer, Nadolski Carter and Jordan just took that off. Now everybody yes. was doing it and yep. it no longer had its its effect. Yeah. yeah, And there's all these changes, but it was a time where you were able to accumulate followers more rapidly. But at the same time, underlying that is a quality of information and a quality of character that will always work.
0: Yeah. I mean, I hope so. I, I, if There's one thing that, one comment that I get from people that means more to me than anything is just, you're so real, you're so genuine. And I'm like, that means more to me because that's exactly what I want to portray. I mean, I, I, I am this person, a regular person who all the time gets intimidated by technology and, and, and everything else and having to do with this industry. I get intimidated that I am so much older than everybody. Um, I, it, 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 that part was tough to get over at the beginning just like why would anybody want to listen to me as opposed to somebody you know in their 30s and then when i started finding out is so the, some middle-aged women appreciate me having been there you know so, Absolutely. so if you if you want to call that my niche i guess you know we can call that my niche but and then i started i started realizing that so so, so there is this audience and actually i have younger people that reach out to me and follow me too so I get the, all that now. And so now what I just wanna do is kind of blaze a trail and and just keep doing this to keep showing people, look, you can still do this. And, and my goal is, Jordan and I laugh about this, that I will be here to um, about 110 is what I'm aiming for. <laughs> and and um, he I told him that program you write for me better damn well be good because I wanna still do this when I'm that old. You have to modify it
2: clearly. Let's like, well, be really. It to be have to modify. Not much.
0: It. Not much. Yeah, do not having to modify it much. No. <laughs> I'll
2: talk to you in forty years. I want to see you do a forty-five pound chin of it. hundred. Like that would be. A, that would be a world record. For would that sure. be
0: insane? Yeah, I don't think know. This is no. a world
2: record think. every year from eighty.
1: And think <laughs> okay. about this: as you go on, there's opportunity because yeah, are you are you unique and special right now you've, you've said you're 60 sure you know in terms of how lean you are and, and what you already offer, but that becomes a lot more special and unique at 70 and uh-huh. at 80 and of course we don't know where social media will be yeah. there things are moving rapidly right now Jordan's talking about being on TikTok I try yeah. to get me to do that shit I'm like Ugh.
0: I went on TikTok like, too yeah. Yeah. cool. But it it's so just fr- like, Ugh. but I don't do any of the dancey stuff literally I just do these short little videos that I would make a Twitter post out of, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. They do really well.
1: Jordan said the same thing, so you know what? I, I really shouldn't be close-minded about it. No. If so anything,
2: like, do any of that shit.
1: if anything, here's the, and you know what, this actually is a good talking point for people, you know, I've always thought, don't feel pressure to be on every social media platform.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I think don't be close-minded about stuff that we think about, like, is for 18-year-olds, and obviously, mm-hmm. you're having success on, their grade. great. But at the same time, you also can't be on Pinterest and Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook and Good. Twitter and TikTok.
0: Mm-mm.
1: And I'm sure there's a, Vine is I know defunct, no, but Vine's I'm sure, done then. Because. I know, but still, but there's something like be a regular contributor on Reddit and just you know have a podcast, mm-hmm. have a YouTube channel, like all those big mm-hmm. things. At a certain point, there's going to be a line. You have to focus mm-hmm. your energy on specific things. Mike Dola now,
2: does Peloton Facebook groups. And it's like, it gets so many clients. Like it's, there's like actually a lot That's of
1: smart though. See, it that's, that's smart. also knowing where you put your time. Yeah. To maximize results. Like the whole 80, 20 rule, like, you know, 80, what is it? 80% of your results come from 20% of your effort. Mike is yeah. very smart. Mike Dola is a I very good secrets.
2: Smart. That, that's a secret. He goes in the Peloton Facebook group and just like puts out free information. So it's, we'll just call that Instagram. It, instead of having Instagram posts, he posts posts in the Instagram Peloton group. And it's like that 35 to 50 year old female is like their large, large demographic. Like they just, they're like, oh damn, I didn't know like calories mattered. And it's like, oh, you have a company. It's It's actually crazy kind of like that's
1: how a lot of the you know original people in the nutrition space did it when mostly it was just message boards things like bodybuilding.com message boards and there were other private ones and a lot of people built their reputations by spending the time in there answering questions you know
0: it's it's interesting because i started um with a facebook group um fit women over 40 i think is the name of it and just started in there as a just someone in there commenting or whatever, and then every now and again, I would drop a post in there: how to fix your push-up, how to do da da da. All of a sudden, over years and years, they t- I get tagged in that group every single day now um, yeah. about something, um, and I've gotten clients from that group as a result of just being a member and not trying. I've never tried to promote, sell. I never mentioned my website not one time. I never mentioned that I coached ever, but they kept inquiring after a while of just, I mean, it's just like posting every day. I would, I wouldn't go in there maybe every day, but I would go in there and just comment, offer a suggestion. If someone had a question, be just someone to answer and to help. And eventually I started posting a few things and people liked what I posted. They were helpful. So I posted more of that and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, just like anything else, your audience starts to grow. Well,
2: the common theme too is like something Jordan's kind of said, and like we bring up Jordan a lot, but like Carter said the same thing. But where a lot of people fall short is like, we we all know at this point in the fitness industry online, like you got to give free information, but they'll go on Instagram. they will try it for like two weeks. Well, my following didn't blow up. It's like, are yeah. well, you talking about a fucking Facebook group? Probably like five years ago, six years yeah. ago. Like, and it's been six years. Like that's, it, it didn't happen in one year mm-hmm. or one I'm- month. And it's just like, it's almost like the instant gratification gets... If that's the thing and then it doesn't it like, oh, I started TikTok and it didn't blow up. It's That's it's like the common theme. And then all the people that are successful have literally just been doing the same shit for years. And there's yep. some
1: stake is to go into it with the intention of building a following. First. That's another thing. There better, yeah. there better be some underlying genuine interest in helping people and underlying genuine quality information. In mm-hmm. my social media, I hadn't put any effort into building anything on Instagram uh, for a few years. In fact, I had, was late adopting it and then I disabled it for quite a while and then came back to it. And more recently, the last like say who shit, six, seven months or whatever, I've been very committed to consistency and it's actually grown really, really well. Now it's still quite small in the context of what you're doing. I'm at like you're just shy of forty five hundred followers, but it's been it's been accumulating fairly rapidly. Yeah. Um and i'm going to continue to do it and i mean i don't know what kind of time span maybe it'll take me 2 years i'll get past that 10,000 threshold then i got that cool swipe up function but i sure Real as hell owner. will not buy my followers either and yeah. i think that's an i don't want to, that's also low hanging fruit and, you know there's probably someone listening to this who did that because they were told by some you know internet coach or instagram person or whatever and, and They've continued to accumulate, but you look at someone who's got a larger following, and, and sure, we automatically think that sort of validates their presence in the industry. Well, not necessarily so. You get into the quality of the information, like yours and you yours, okay? This person is the real deal. But uh, for me, honestly, I really don't don't judge someone who who buys the following. I, I wouldn't do it personally. I don't think it's the right way to go. But it's just you like filter, thing, right? I I could I could blast that on my social media on here. And what am I going to do? I'm just scoring points within an echo chamber of people who agree with me. And maybe there are a few people who actually really like my social media message, who respect me. And meanwhile, I'm turning around and I'm actually attacking something that they did. And maybe they don't feel so great about it. And so what have I accomplished there? Have I convinced them that I've just shamed them? Like, yeah. to hell with that stuff. And And I actually really try... Uh, in, in a lot of stuff I do is just to avoid shaming people. And I'm not perfect. And yeah, we make fun of little bits here and there. But even, Dean mentions MLM stuff earlier. Well, you know what? Years ago, I used to trash on MLM on, on Facebook because I've had some bad experiences with people in one particularly horrid organization in my, uh, in my workplace. And they were recruiting it aggressively and it made our workplace miserable. But I have a client who has a family member who pays for their training, who is involved in another MLM organization. And they happen to be people supporting me during this this epidemic. And the last bloody thing I'm interested in doing is having them, and I think what they're doing is fine. I actually think their customer base really enjoys them. they're good people. So I'm not gonna lump good people in with something doing this scathing teardown again to appeal to an echo chamber of people that is not going to gain me any business yeah. and it yeah. potentially will alienate someone who is my business
0: mm-hmm. right? there's
2: a difference like I, I think intent and like kind of consistency kind of goes with that too because there's like a consistent tacking shameful thing and i know you weren't saying that for me but i'm like i'll no, make fun no. of MLM every once in a while but i also don't do it every fucking day because I, I have no horse in the race it's like you're
1: also not a- someone who has a rip. Who has a habit and a reputation in any of your media for tearing people down? That's what I mean. It, it, it goes people.
2: both ways. Though it's, it's like the people, like so, like Susan and Jordan, who are like doing consistently this thing, good stuff. There's also people that you can see get same followership doing the bad thing. I just don't like. I think it's just better to associate yourself with the other way. I think unless, you
1: can unless, choose. Yeah. I think you can choose. To think I don't even know how about.
2: Susan, how oh. did you
1: bring this up? It was your fault. Oh, that it was, it
0: was my fault. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. It's
1: my fault. But it's 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 different ways of thinking about the guest. How, you, how your message comes across on your social media. I think yeah. it, at the end of the day, if you double down on being a genuinely awesome person, if you double down on sharing great information, I'll use another example. It, in, right now, it's very popular to tear down CrossFit. So, is you it? Know, it is it's super, because Glassman went and, and said some oh, really yeah. stupid shit. Now, I'll say this. Semester, Glassman yeah. is a moron and has always been a moron. I'll leave it at that. CrossFit is something that people love mm-hmm. to criticize. And I've actually not participated in that because there are a lot of people that love CrossFit and a lot mm-hmm. of people started out or made amazing transformations. CrossFit has saved people's lives mm-hmm. and it has gotten- this
2: fitness organization it, in the world. It is
1: massive. So it's positively affect a lot of people. And yes, we talk about injuries. Let's qualify this powerlifting gets people hurt. Bodybuilding gets people hurt. There's a lot of stupid shit in those worlds. There's a lot of bad personal training going on in in Mm -hmm. commercial gyms and CrossFit isn't particularly special in terms of it's, it's just easier to criticize. People like to criticize it. And then let's say they get a little sensitive when you make fun of them too. And so there's that. But right now, I see a lot of fitness professionals, including people I respect and I like, and I'm, and I'm not going to all of a sudden go, oh, they're idiots now, but they're really jumping on this teardown of CrossFit. And I think to myself, okay, yeah, you know, there's moral high ground there, sure. But think about all the people who CrossFit meant a lot to them, yeah. who are all of a sudden now feeling personally attacked and they're faced with a choice. Well, this thing really saved my life. And this is a community that has been something I love. And you get, you know, a coach you like tearing it down. Well, does that make you go, yeah, I was wrong. I'm going to stop doing CrossFit. Or does it make you go, you know, that coach is a bit of an asshole. Maybe I'm not going to follow them anymore. They just don't
2: know, dude. Like, they're going to
1: tune it out. Yeah.
2: Like, if you go to like a CrossFit event, or like I went to like the world championships for Spartan for this podcast event with Barbell Shuck. Anyways, long story short, you go to something like that, you realize how small the personal training industry is when you go to like something like that that's massive. Like, it does so much good, and like, they have way, way more impact in terms of the, the larger scale because like, there's thousands of people. Like we talk about personal training, and it's like very small comparatively. to These big businesses, just low hanging fruit, but they just live in their echo chamber. Like they got to step up. CrossFit I don't realize is, it's way different.
0: CrossFit has done a great job with community. I mean, yeah. I don't, you know, who does that better? Anytime no I've spoken with somebody who's coming from CrossFit, who who does CrossFit, all they talk about is the community and how much. They love the camaraderie and all of that that, that happens in a box. So, um, sure, there, there's a lot of, a lot of people that, that love it. And it has, like I think you said, Andrea, to saved them.
1: And there's another aspect to this, too. Every CrossFit box just came out of three-ish months, and that's for the ones that are allowed to reopen, three-ish mm-hmm. months of, you know, limited or no revenue and having to deal with all the bullshit that every other facility owner mm-hmm. has and then their dumb, ass, their dumbass owner goes and says some really weird yeah. shit, and now they're scrambling to figure. Out, okay, well, do we drop our affiliations? Uh, what do we do? So they have yeah. this additional problem, and these are people who've probably been pushed to near their limits anyway. So I, I just personally, I every once in a while, someone in our industry, you know, gets canceled for something either. They did something really stupid and bad, or maybe it's enough. Shit, I, someone tried to cancel me recently, and it was, it was ridiculous. There's absolutely no substance to it uh, over me just deleting and blocking a, a toxic individual from my social media. Someone who had dishonorable and disingenuous intentions, and then sent other people to continue the harassment to the point where I, I choose not to engage with this person because this person is someone I find extremely toxic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll leave it at that. So mm-hmm. this person then went and, and engaged in a big public tirade and I took the high road and I said, you know, to all the mutual friends, I said, Hey guys, you know, you don't have to choose. It's okay. You can be friends or whatever, you know, it just is, it's not something I care about. And I got a lot of private messages and massive support. So when I think about that is like, I also don't like to participate in the teardown cancel culture. And I won't say names, but there was a, a very prominent member of our industry who I, you know, I was friends with and I liked, who did some really stupid shit. And there was a big teardown on another professional's page. Now, the professional who did the original post was very matter-of-fact about it and, and had the reasons. And, and I think that was fine. But when you get into the comments on these threads, because every once in a while this thing happens in our world, look at the commenters. Look mm-hmm. at what people are saying. There are people who are dealing with the facts of a problem, and then there are the people who are reveling in the fact that someone very prominent, very successful, has fallen from grace, and they're dancing on the grave, and they're loving Mm -hmm. it. That's the person to be very careful about, because that person might be nice to your face. That person will also revel in your teardown. If you make a mistake along the way, you do something heinously stupid, which just don't do shit like that. Or... If you end up in a conflict with someone like I did, that leads to some sort of nonsense like this. Now, there was no issue for me. Everything was fine. I lost a couple of Facebook friends. No harm done. But think very carefully about, do you really want to spend your time and your emotional energy participating in, in tearing someone else down? Is that how you want? Is that what you want your followers to see? Is that what you want your clients to see? And does that behavior help your business or your brand? And the people I see participating in these teardowns invariably aren't successful people or brand names in our industry we respect. Anyway, I hope this stuff was helpful. I know I sort of hijacked it a little bit. <laughs> that was bit. like I... the
0: longest
2: rat ever. <laughs> oh that was good. God. I have been waiting for those for a while. I hope Susan, if you listen, like it's been a while. Oh well, not a while, but that was a good long one. I have to make That's you know, awesome.
1: I I I want to leave Susan with the last word here. Uh, we're going to make sure we let people know how to find you. But do you have any other thoughts to share? I mean, I, it means the world to me. You came on. You've been someone I have guests that like I've been wanting to pull on, and it, like it's taken me over a year to be like reach out and get them. But uh, you've been on our radar for quite a while, and it means the world to me that you would come on. It means the world to me that you've actually been listening this whole time.
0: Oh yeah. I totally listen to you guys. I love it. Yeah. You have a five um,
2: minute rant about politics that you. <laughs> no politics. <laughs> that was totally politics. That was, was so- not. Po- that was not
1: politics. That <laughs> Sorry, was. was fitness. That was that was that was industry. That was brand I and industry it. stuff
0: too. Right. Yeah. So. No, I, I think just leaving everybody with um, the message that uh, it's just it's not it's not too late you know, you, you, you think it is maybe whether it's perimenopause, menopause, kicking your ass and, you know, roll up your sleeves and kick back. And, you know, it's, it's doable. It's not how it has to be. Um, and, and I, part of my book subtitle is it's not too late. It's never too late. And, and that is just kind of my message to anybody. I don't care whether you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, doesn't matter. Um, if you want to change how you feel, change how you move, change how you look, it's all there. You just, and if you need help doing it, then you need to find the people to help you. Um, And and that is another thing that I encourage people, especially middle-aged women to do. A lot of them try to go at this by themselves and they just don't have a background for that yet. It's too overwhelming. And that's when coaches like you guys, whoever can help them um, bring, rein it all in and give them step-by-step things to start building on and Um, yeah, I mean, it takes time, but I I think getting the weight off your shoulders, like it's, it's over and everything and, and the world opens up to you and your life changes and, you know, I'm living proof of that. My life changed five years ago for the better.
1: I hope anyone who's listening to this, who you, who, whose radar you haven't been on yet, I hope they do go follow you. Um, you know, a lot of our followers I think would know who Jordan is. You know, Jordan's very much out there too. But you and Jordan, like you said, you guys are very similar. You're doing a lot of the same stuff. And you, yeah. you're very much intertwined with the inner circle. So if you're curious about the inner circle, go get get a hold of Susan and check Absolutely. out the inner circle, yeah. please. Uh, and this also goes to a lot of the other stuff I said too. Because of the way you guys have always been with your social media and my personal interactions with you, you are two people that I comfortably endorse. I feel I can trust the things you're gonna do. And, and not do so that way I can put my reputation on bringing you on the podcast and then and then endorsing you publicly. I look forward to seeing what happens with the book we'll bring you back when that thing's ready to go and and we'll have you on as a, as a future guest and um, let's let people know where they can find you
0: sure um instagram i'm out on instagram a lot um, and that is susan niebergall fitness and it 's n i e b e r g a l l and funny story people think my name is Susanne, they don't know where the first name ends and the last name begins it's a oh. running joke in the inner circle now that's kind of my name Susanne Bergal, that's not my name it is <laughs> Susan Niebergall, but whatever I'll answer to anything so it's it's good either way um my YouTube channel has grown substantially so I'm on YouTube as Susan Niebergall Fitness everything all social media is Susan Niepergall Fitness and it, I'm on Facebook Twitter started a little TikTok stuff here and there um and, and Instagram. Um, so yeah, you can find me all those places.
1: You're like me. You use your Twitter to create the little post yeah. for your Instagram, mm-hmm. right? That's what yeah. I do. I have a Twitter. I don't have much of a following there, but it's a great way to create those little captions. And Twi- those My popular. Twitter's
0: grown actually. It's been really interesting. Twitter's an interesting beast. Um, I, I mean, that could be a whole rabbit hole to go down <laughs> on Twitter, which I care not to do, but um, yeah, tw- Twitter's interesting. I don't know if I'm, I'm not a really good tweeter, so I don't know.
1: I'm not good at it either, yeah. but good information is to find people. Twitter also can be the asshole of the internet for the yeah. stuff that tends to go on there too. So I
0: think it be is. very
1: careful about not getting sucked out that, of that hole. Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming on here. Uh, this Absolutely. was wonderful. We're going to release this, uh, today is Tuesday, oh, today's Wednesday, I'm sorry. So yeah, this tomorrow. is coming up tomorrow. So we'll get you, we've we'll, we got to come up with a cool graphic. I think I got a title for you planned and uh and i hope everybody listening enjoyed this a lot please follow susan like i said and you know what we'd love a, a five star well give us a review if it's five stars even better oh, but give us a oh, review you
2: don't say give us a review you give us a five star review i don't give want anything but a five like it's cool you, give us a four. you
1: know what I, I looked the other day and no one wrote it, wrote anything about it but we have one one star review and i'm thinking that's probably some some petty you know personal that's, bullshit that's totally
2: because you said some shit
1: no it wasn't me probably due <laughs> to be but the, one of the best things the best quote on there i read one of these things and it says dean sounds like he's you know five beers deep every yeah. time on there. <laughs> i
2: was like, i do not so like, i don't even drink it was uh...
1: <laughs> you were drunk or you were you were pretty tipsy okay. on one episode like whatever our, our, one early ones but that's well documented so we're
2: at a party before in the was... yeah <laughs> that was, that was like
1: uh, that was like literally episode number five, I think, or okay. episode number six. We had a
2: locally with a local yeah. guest, and then we we went back to my place together because we, they did. Point, we never they did,
1: they did, not me. I was not involved it in this like, thing.
2: It was like it was actually. I think he said three beers in it. I actually was probably three, and it was like the worst podcast ever because my printer wouldn't work. We couldn't print off the script. And we're like, fuck, what do we talk about? Because we sucked at podcast at that point. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, th- I think we've
1: got. I think we've got a little better. I think one of the keys. Anyone who's interested in podcasting is we. I think we've edited something out once ever because the guest decided that you know, hey, I don't really want to like you know, have that particular discussion out there. And it was like easy to chop out. We had another guest who thought he said something on air. He really, turns out he said it off air, but he had to listen for it for an hour just to make sure. And other than that, we just, we just, we don't edit stuff. You just let it free roll let it and be go. authentic. And it makes for the best stuff. If you're trying to be perfect and all this sort of stuff and polish it, you're just going to have too much anxiety. That's
0: not so, me. Anyway, so,
1: <laughs> Everybody. Thanks for tuning in Susan. Thanks so much for being here with us. Thanks, and, guys. Uh, I got a client on the floor waiting for me in 15. So I better go.
0: Thanks, yeah. guys. It was great to be here. Shut up and sit down. And sit down.